So let's take a bit of time to talk about the Epoch short, which is my most recent animated short on the YouTube channel. It's been a really long time since I've done one. I was really intending to do more of this kind of content, like, you know, just very visually pleasing uh, visuals accompanied by very satisfying music that just combines in really nice ways. But I can never really nail down a good process to make it work and to actually do it within a time frame that I feel comfortable with. And that kind of time frame would usually be one week because that's the amount of time I allocate myself to work on individual YouTube videos. At this point in time, I feel like that's kind of changing now. And maybe not necessarily for the benefit of these type of projects. So I want to try and do videos on a more frequent basis. And there's a whole range of reasons for that. And I can talk about those. But I'm kind of being more realistic about the amount of time it takes to work on certain types of projects. But Epoch was an interesting one to do because it required me to adjust the way I approach making art. Now, this is a bit of a weird one to explain because usually when I make artwork, I work very fast. Like I'll make something as quick as I can and then I'm done with it because of my low attention span. But I find that I'm also always fighting my desire to visualize possibilities for extended periods of time. Because I like listening to music and just staring at the screen and just imagining all the different things that can be done. And then when I know what I want to do, I'll just woo, do it like super fast, get out of the way, all nice and done. So there's an easy to share result right there and then. And I don't get frustrated with my boredom kicking in. When doing something like an animated short, this is different, not only because I'm doing lots of individual art pieces where I'll have that singular struggle, but also because this problem can be applied to the project as a whole. Because when I started making art scenes for this, I put maybe one or two into the Premiere project and I watched them back and listened to music and I thought, oh, this is good. I, I like this. Let me watch it again and again and again. And maybe I'll just shift the music around slightly and all oh, that feels a bit more powerful. But like while I'm sitting there enjoying it and visualizing what could come next, I'm not actually making anything. And this is precious time that will run out quite quickly because my boredom will catch up with me. And I'll just think, oh, that project was okay, but I just sat in the Premiere project for a while and that's going to be the memory that I associate with this project. And then, ah, it's never really going to get done. I mean, I told a few people I was going to do it, but pff, we know the problem with telling people you're going to do something that makes you less likely to actually finish the project, which is again, another psychological quirk, which I've spoken about on the channel once before. So this time, when it came to doing this project, I thought, right, I feel inspired. I like this music. Let me crack out some basic scenes, as many as I can, as fast as I can, I'll force myself to stop watching the Premiere project back after maybe like three or four watches. And then I'd be like, right, okay, stop it. I know you're enjoying it, but let's just start a new blend file. Let's grab a new object. Let's make a new scene. And then I add that new scene onto the end of what I already had in the Premiere project. And then I can watch that back a few more times. And I'm like, okay, yes, you've let yourself watch it a few more times. Now make another one. And being a bit more harsh on myself to actually step forward and make new scenes along this process was, I think, the factor that meant that I could actually finish the project within a week. It was actually four days. Four days start to finish, I think, but it's a bit hard to measure the exact time spent on that one. So across those four days, I made 15 different art scenes, and these scenes included 3D model scans, so photogrammetry results from the Sketchfab website. A lot of these come from different creators. There's one in particular that I really like called No, so noe-3d.at, and I believe they're an Austrian creator who um, likes to go and scan all different types of statues and basically record them online. And then there's some other interesting ones as well, like the Smithsonian Institute who have thankfully made a lot of their content available online. One of the really interesting ones was the Apollo 11 command module, I believe. 
And I thought, wow, this stuff is right there. It's licensed in a way that lets you use it, like all kinds of projects. There are lots of different licenses available on Sketchfab, but I made sure to only pick models that would allow for commercial purposes. Even though I don't think I needed that for this kind of project, I just wanted to be careful. And thankfully, there were a lot of options for that. But one of the other kind of liberating things about it is that when you're making scenes like this, you really rely on moments of inspiration where you've put like a model into the scene, you've added some nice lighting and you think, oh, that's satisfying. And it's very difficult to come up with these kinds of moments when you're making absolutely everything yourself because you have to go through every manual step by yourself. So reaching those kinds of moments comes at a less frequent basis and you tend to put more effort into making those moments come. But if you just allow yourself to use other people's assets when doing this kind of artwork for a more uh, entertainment purpose, so just for yourself to make it a bit more fun, you know, I was throwing around assets from Botanic and from Sketchfab and just having those things to play with made it so much more fun. So it meant that I could inspire myself just by like quickly throwing in objects and just moving a few things around and it didn't take much time at all. And I thought, okay, this looks cool. I want to immediately throw this into the project. And it's just such a different feeling from making everything yourself, which I typically always wanted to do because when it comes to making content for YouTube and sharing resources online on Gumroad and Blender Market, I want to make sure that I make absolutely everything that's included in those. But I'm starting to realize now that for the purpose of making consumable video content for people, it's probably going to be a better idea to actually just bite the bullet in that way and just start using other people's stuff. Because I don't have to be just a purely independent creator of like everything I do. I think there was a little bit of an element of pride behind it as well. It's like, okay, yeah, well, other people use other people's content, but not me because I'll just make my own stuff. And then if I make my own stuff, then I can sell it. So that'll be fine. But the realistic side of it is that if you were going to make everything yourself, it's going to take a long time. You're probably going to get bored of the more interesting projects like this Epoch short was for me. And then they're just not going to happen. That's the realistic side. If you do everything yourself, there are going to be lots of things that just never get made because you just wanted to stick to that conviction, I think might be an appropriate word. But now that I've said all that, let's go on a bit of a trip down memory lane. Well, for me anyway, I'm going to tell you stuff that you don't know about. Um, I was working on a short called Kingdom and it was going to be related to, well, the British Isles. It was going to be a bit of a historical piece, and I was actually going to try doing stuff that was a bit more realistic in terms of visuals. But it was going to be a kind of poetic and a symbolic piece. It was also going to be maybe quite dark, and there were lots of things about like British and especially English history that I wanted to put into the short that would be intriguing for people. And there was actually one scene that I nearly put in the Epoch one that I didn't put in, and it was basically a fractal representation of the Cosmati mosaic in Westminster Abbey. I think they call it the Cosmati pavement, but statistically speaking, I think the people listening to this probably won't know what that is. Maybe there's a couple that will. But in Westminster Abbey, there's a very special mosaic. It's placed on the floor, pretty centrally, I believe, and it basically depicts the lifespan of the world. So apparently, as the story goes, you can calculate when the world will end. And it's calculated quite interestingly in uh, animal lifespans. I'm sure now that I've said that everyone wants to know what the actual number is. And apparently I'm reading the website, it says 19,683 years. But I'm not sure if that actually means from the point that it was calculated or whether like that's from a very set date. But it's, it's a long time in human years. And the Latin inscriptions on the Cosmati can be translated as such. In the year of Christ, 1,212 plus 60 minus 4, the third King Henry, the city, Odoricus, and the abbot put these porphyry stones together. If the reader wisely considers all that is laid down, he will find here the end of the primum mobile. A hedge lives for three years, add dogs and horses and men, stags and ravens, eagles, enormous whales, the world. 
each one following triplets the years of the one before. The spherical globe here shows the archetypal macrocosm, and it's a very interesting pavement. So there was a scene originally in Kingdom, it was going to be part of the intro title scene that I had set up, where they would have like the text overlaid on a fractal representation of the Cosmati pavement pattern. So it's supposed to represent, okay, this is eternity. And I nearly put that into this epoch short somewhere in between, because I thought it was a really cool scene, but it just didn't fit with the visuals. Like obviously epoch's supposed to be a lot more of a uh, visually stimulating thing rather than like a hyper symbolic thing. And I just thought, okay, well, this Cosmati thing is a bit too heavy for that. So maybe I'll just put that aside again for the future. Now, one of the scenes that I did want to do was I wanted to have like a kind of pale or textualist version of Westminster Abbey with the Cosmati pavement there. But standing on the pavement, I wanted the two brothers, the princes of the tower, however you want to call them, kept in the Tower of London, apparently for their own safety. And there's a suspicion and a rumor that Richard III wanted them to be executed. But here's the twist. Richard III was their uncle. But I'm going to read you a section from the Wikipedia page. The princes in the tower refers to the apparent murder in England in the 1480s of the deposed King Edward V of England and Richard of Shrewsby, Duke of York. These two brothers were the only sons of King Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodville, surviving at the time of their father's death in 1483. They were 12 and 9 years old respectively. They were lodged in the Tower of London by their paternal uncle and all-powerful regent, the Duke of Gloucester, who's otherwise known as Richard III, who was actually found somewhat recently under a car park. This was supposedly in preparation for Edward V's forthcoming coronation, however before the young king could be crowned, he and his brother were declared illegitimate. Gloucester ascended the throne as Richard III. Now here's the thing that's always made this fascinating to me, because English history is dark. No one knows exactly how the boys died, it's just a lot of rumours. But the running theory is, and this is still like kind of super contentious, that maybe Richard III wanted them murdered. If not, then someone else. They were killed in the night and their bodies were put into a chest and buried under a stairwell. So there were actually kind of two scenes I wanted to put in the kingdom short. One was of a stairwell and there's a famous painting by Sir John Everett Malaise, and I might have pronounced that wrong where it's got the uh, two princes standing in front of a stairwell, which is basically supposed to be, I think, a, a representation of the stairwell they were buried under. It's like a spiral staircase. And I thought, right, okay, I want to make that staircase because this is going to be a, like a big representation of the, the, the deceit and the mystery and the darkness of the history of England. But I wanted to connect all these dots. So I thought, okay, well, let's do a scene where we have Westminster Abbey, we've got the Cosmati, and we have the spirits or some basic representation of the nine and the 12 year old standing on top of this pavement. They have joined the Eternal now, although not by their own choice. And what does the Cosmati represent other than the macrocosm? So I thought, okay, this, this is going to be a very symbolic piece. It's going to be quite heavy. Unfortunately, the thing about this project was that though I had these really cool ideas, and I thought, ah, oh, this would be so cool if someone could actually decipher this. And like someone who actually knew the history would watch and go, wow, that's, you know, that's cool. That's powerful. I bumped into the same issues that I was describing earlier, where it's like when you spend too long on individual scenes and you're kind of looking at them and obsessing over the things that could be added, you just don't make progress. And my boredom caught up with me. The time moved on. I have other videos to make. And I was like, all right, well, I don't want to because I've kind of implied to people that I was working on this thing, but I just can't justify it. The emotional investment is just not there. Like, I, I love the ideas behind it. I really want to make it, but I just can't do it. And that's always been a little bit disappointing. So when it comes forward in time to this epoch short, 
I'm like, okay, well, I've got to do something differently because I'm now feeling inspired enough to make an animated short. I have one week that I'm allocating myself to do this. And if I'm going to make that work, then I need to do it in a different way. I need to approach it differently. I need to enforce some restrictions on myself for the amount of time that I'm going to spend just wasting away looking at the same things I've made over and over again. So that's kind of how it came about, really. But um, I suppose the follow-up question is, why did I start working on the Epoch short? Well, this is another case of like extreme productive procrastination. Something I know Gleb Alexandrov has talked about at one point, but like where you're working on something and it's, you know, categorically regular work and you're maybe feeling a bit bored about it because you're not in the right mood to do something, you know, either technical or artistic or whatever it is. You want to do the opposite thing instead. And you're sitting there like, oh, I wish I could do something else. I don't even know if I want to play video games, but I just wish I could do something else. So I was working on Modular Metals version two, and I don't know, like I just didn't feel up for it. I didn't feel like being technical with lots of procedural nodes at that point. So I took one of the kind of statues I was playing around with, and I remember I was speaking to Charon at the time, asking him to help me make like procedural streaks as if like rust had dripped down over time across the statue. And then when I was bored playing with that, I played around with the color values, I remember. And then I thought, huh, this actually looks like spilt paint over the statue. And then I made a very quick art piece, which I put on Instagram and Twitter. And I was like, okay, well, I'm having more fun making the art for this than actually working on modular metals. Let me put an emissive halo around it because I was playing Neon Abyss recently and it had that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this was really fun. Let me make another scene. Let me put music to this. Oh, oh, I know what's going to happen now. I'm going to start making an animated short. So... <laughs> that's how the desire to make one came along. Productive procrastination. I was working on modular metals, I ended up making a short in four days. Moments like this are completely unpredictable, but you know, you've got to be happy when they happen because they lead to some of the more interesting things that I think people will talk about more fondly. Even if they don't get massive view counts, this is the kind of content that I think sticks with people and resonates a bit more with the deeper community. But yeah, overall, I think it was an interesting project to do. I might do more in the future, but I'm kind of at a phase now where I'm trying to, as I said earlier on in this, do videos at a bit of a faster pace, maybe more news-like videos. I'm nearly at the 100,000 mark now for subscribers, and the value of the channel is very apparent to me, and I can't let it stagnate. I have this thing about traditionally, and it's always been a bit of a give and take thing, and I felt very strongly about it. I, I swap around different subjects and types of content very frequently because I want to express myself to the maximum potential. But there's always this kind of balancing act between, okay, what does well for the channel and what does well for you? I move in and out of phases where I do and I don't care about you know one or both of these things. At the moment, I'm thinking, right, well, I want to make the channel enjoyable for people. And I know people like kind of news-based content. So at this moment in time, you know, I've just finished this nice artistic project. I'm going to spend a bit of time doing stuff to keep the community updated on new developments and improvements in software and, and just generally anything related to digital, creative, visual technologies and, and all stuff like that. But yeah, I hope you found this episode interesting. Please consider signing up to my Patreon. You can get your name put at the end of my uh, videos on the main channel now. That's something I'm doing. It only costs $1 and you'll get your name up there. And I know that only a few people listen to these podcasts. In fact, it's quite interesting, actually, the, the listening count on different platforms like Spotify and that is kind of roughly the same as the YouTube count. This is my private outlet for getting, I guess, more personal and in-depth thoughts out into the world and not having to format them in a way that's kind of interesting for a more clickbaity audience. So I know the only people that are going to be listening to these are the ones that are, you know, extremely dedicated, probably working at the same time. And that's fine by me. You know, I don't have any intention to monetize this channel yet. Sometimes you just feel like you need to get some stuff off your chest and talk to the universe. 
But anyway, hopefully this episode has taught you something about the process and the idea and I guess the creative struggle of overcoming and doing a type of project that you weren't able to beforehand. I'll probably continue to experiment with that kind of idea and technique in the future. I think it may be a good idea to force myself to do more animated short type content just to retest those ideas and see if I can come up with a more streamlined method of doing it. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and I will see you next time.